This is really interesting. It's uh, part of the selfish aspect of my job here is that I get to talk to people that are not only super interesting, but of whom I'm, I'm a, a pretty big fan. And Torsten falls into that uh, category. He is the writer, director, producer of Cryptopia, a new documentary that's out now streaming. Perfect time for it to come out for a variety of reasons. But before we jump into all of that good stuff, Torsten, thanks so much, man, for, for coming on the show. We, we really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me um, and many greetings from Germany, which is where I am kind of stuck after my um, cinema tour was um, locked down, so to speak. Yeah, you, you were quite the globetrotter uh, in, uh, in this uh, uh, follow-up documentary uh, from Australia on. Um, let, me, let me take you back, and, and one of the reasons that I, I wanted to have you on um, we get a lot of pitches for documentaries or books or other assorted media covering uh, uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And, and the reason I think you're an important figure and your, your work is so valuable is that you're not a tourist. Um, you're not just the average documentary maker who goes in, gets a streaming deal, does the you know ubiquitous uh, Bitcoin uh, Silk Road criminals and, and then kind of leaves it and goes on to something else. Um, you, uh, you are, uh, super interested in the topic and, and it shows, and I'll, I'll get into why I think that, uh, but I think what maybe some people don't know is that Cryptopia is actually a follow-up, which to me makes it even more interesting, uh, to earlier work you did. So, so take us back to 2014 when a, a younger, uh, Torsten Hoffman was, uh, green and, blown away by the tech of, of Bitcoin and the promises uh, it, it, it was making uh, at the time. And uh, uh, how, did, how did you sort of stumble upon even the, the subject uh, some, I guess, more than a half a decade ago? Yeah, uh, well, thanks for asking that. So, so indeed, I, I went down the rabbit hole 2013, very late, and then 2014, I'm like, I just have to make a documentary um, about this. And it's very similar to different stories. Like some people start a company, some people, I don't know, sell, sell off all their assets. Uh, other people start a podcast or uh, write a book. And, and for me, it was a documentary because that was kind of the, the, the background that I came uh, from. And um, indeed, I mean, back then, I'm sure we're going to talk about this, the the whole community was kind of reunited. There was kind of like one narrative, largely, you know, the peer-to-peer -peer digital cash revolution. Um, and um, since then, a lot has changed, as you know, well know. And uh, it was time for a follow-up. Uh, you know, five years later, the industry had grown so much. There's many more projects, many more disagreements within the community. And um, that's what I tried to capture with uh, Cryptopia film. Uh, and the, the subline is Bitcoin, blockchains, and the future of the internet. So I still start in the first act, 
talking about Bitcoin, then all these other blockchains and, and coins that come on. And then really the, the decentralization of the internet is kind of the, um, the, the last act. And then uh, I'm, I'm kind of um, wrapping up with a big, big um, summary uh, of the story. Yeah, it is. It is uh, to, to my way of thinking, when, when you pair um, your first doc of Bitcoin, the future of money as we know it, um, with Cryptopia, um, you really do get a, a historical document. I mean, you, you, you get a really nice perspective. Um, and I hope, I hope you know, it, it becomes interesting in, uh, enough in the next few years to actually become a trilogy. Uh, it, is, it is, you know, that compelling as far as your, your ability to tell a story. But back in 2014, I, I had a chance to kind of review uh, that doc. And I noticed that uh, a figure, at least one of them, there's more than one, um, makes a reappearance in Cryptopia in the form of Roger Veer. Um, can you, and he's, he's a big deal for, for my listeners and for, for the Bitcoin community generally, but especially for the peer-to-peer uh, electronic cash fans, uh, the currency side of cryptocurrency. Um, how, did you, how did you come to, because he, again, he's, he's in the 2014 doc and now he's again in, uh, in Cryptopia. Um, how did you come to to get involved with Roger and, and what was sort of your general impressions of him uh, back in 2014-2013? Yeah, I mean, back then he was Bitcoin Jesus, right? Um, he was the, maybe the most influential uh, figure and um, I'm a big fan of the book Digital Gold, which is just a fantastic uh, time capsule of the first um, uh, maybe four years of, of Bitcoin's history, which is just so dramatic, and what happened with Satoshi himself, and and all these uh, forum posts—it's just um, an amazing book. And in that book, it also becomes clear what an important uh, figure Roger is. And I think um, that gets kind of—you know—there's there's this tendency in this um, industry to whitewash history or to kind of um, you know call people names, but but you have to look at what actually happened. And and um, well, I interviewed him in 2014. He's obviously. Um, uh, big name, a big star in that space and very, very passionate. And um, uh, now, five years later, when I interviewed him in, in Tokyo, I believe it was 2019, probably, um, he still is as passionate as ever. And um, his story really hasn't changed that much. I mean, he was always mm. um, drawn to the um, digital uh, cash aspect of, of the technology. And um, obviously, you know, um, within the wider community, the BTC, um, uh, Maximus especially, he's now become the Bitcoin Judas. So he's a very important um, figure in, in, in the new film as well. Yeah, I... I Andreas Antonopoulos also plays uh, quite a, quite a big role in uh, Cryptopia, and uh, Andreas is uh, is considered uh, sage, um, very learned, and he cuts across blockchains as to uh, uh, you know the, the the tribalism that that exists now, um, and he's sort of seen as this this figure that that you know sort of rises above it all. But I, I, I noticed something in your, okay, this is going to come from, again, you have to remember what, what side I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> representing here. Um, I noticed right away that sort of Andreas, it, my only, I guess, criticism of, of Cryptopia would be um, that Andreas, you, you seem to take the perspective of, of Veer um, and contrast him from 2014. And as you say, he's, he's pretty much not changed. Uh, maybe the space has around him, um, but not Andreas. 
Um, do you, I mean, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the, uh, uh, with the polemics, but uh, it seems to me that, that Andreas also pivoted during that time, that he was a very passionate early advocate of, uh, of peer-to-peer electronic cash. And now he's, he's kind of singing a different tune. Did, did you get any of that or, or did that factor in at all? Yeah. Um, well, to me, um, Andreas is, at least when it comes to the Bitcoin um, civil war, I consider Andreas more or less a neutral figure. Uh, I mean, he, mm. he um, I mean, there, there's one scene of him saying, look, I, I bought a, a cup of coffee and cost me $14,000 or something like that. So, <laughs> I so remember he, that. He does, um, uh, you know, talk about spending the money and that it's natural that, you know, it, it's, it's fluctuating, especially in the beginning. And um, I don't think he has any regrets about that. So um, he has another quote, which I don't think did make the, the final cut, but basically his, his point of view, maybe it's even from my first film is, is look, we don't yet know what this te- technology is, number one. And number two is, what it means in Venezuela or in in uh, in Asia, where you have remittances, you know, much more important to your economy, is different to how it might function um, in Germany or the United States, right? So. Uh, in, this is different. It have, might, might have different use cases for different people. And certainly, I mean, this, this whole um, digital asset, digital gold aspect, that obviously didn't really exist six years ago. Um, and that has become very, very important because, you know, some people got very rich and, and uh, it's, it's like this, this narrative, which is ca- kind of new and um, has, has taken a very, very big um, you know, center stage in the debate. Yeah, and I, I think you cover that really, really well. Um, and I and and it's it's one of the first things that I appreciated about the follow-up to Cryptopia because I thought, oh boy, here we go. Uh, it's going to be all about how digital gold is so wonderful and uh, how these guys, uh, the the early crypto people, were were idiots. Um, but you're you're very loving um, in your treatment of them in, in in terms of how you respect even giving them a voice going forward. Um, and you you treat the creation of Bitcoin Cash um, uh, very responsibly. Now you've gotten some pushback from the BCH community uh, on that issue, and I think it's it's funny because the documentary kind of argues with itself. So I'm I'm jumping around a little bit here, mm. but with uh, with Cryptopia uh, going back to Veer for a second before we get into um, into Bitcoin Cash in particular. Um, you you quite i mean he you guys obviously have a have a rapport um but you say in the in the in the latest interviews with him you say you know you you basically lied to us you know you lied to me this was this is not a currency uh can you go into a little bit of that line of questioning because i thought that was really provocative and actually well done because you show him kind of smirking at the question as if he sort of anticipated it but uh what what, yeah, what led um, you to go there I, I um, so first of all, I agree with you. There has been a little bit of criticism from the Bitcoin uh, Cash community, but actually, I get much more criticism from the Bitcoin um, maximalist for mm-hmm. covering so much of Roger. Right? So, so you can right. never make any everybody happy, and and that's fine. And and my whole job, right, is to ask the tough questions and to to um, you know not buy a hundred percent of everything that all these sites tell me. But uh, to that specific quote and and um, uh, scene. Look, I think it's just a dramatic tool or like a storytelling tool that we use. What is meant, and if you look at the script carefully, is basically what, what he told me five years ago, Roger, is, oh, you can send any amount of money anywhere on the planet uh, mm-hmm. to anyone uh, instantly and, and for free. 
And then I say, well, that's no longer true. You, true, you lie to us. And, and that, that is basically me giving him a, a door, uh, opening the door to then say, well, um, you know, the fees are so high and it's done deliberately yes. by, by uh, Bitcoin core developers, which is his uh, you know, view of the world. And then I, I let Samson tell his view of the world. And remember, I'm, I'm not a soldier in this fight. I, I, right. I'm a storyteller and I'm kind of giving both parties ample of time. People tell me it's too long, the whole Bitcoin um, um, civil war chapter. Um, but I do think, yeah, both, both people get their, their views out. And um, yeah, that's, that's that chapter. <laughs> it's, really, it's really given a, a fair hearing. And um, I, I, I applaud you for it because most don't even acknowledge it. And this is something that the Bitcoin Cash community, I guess, tends to overlook, um, which, which is probably true of any tribe. But, um, you know, no one talks about it at all. And if they do, it's in passing. And it just, you know, well, there's a bunch of cranks over here that did this weird stuff. And they move on. You take on the topic and you, you don't ignore the pivot. As a matter of fact, you, you've sort of alluded to Bitcoin uh, maximalists, uh, which I'm, I'm honestly, first off, no one has touched the topic the way you have with regard to uh, the Bitcoin cash fork, but also no one has touched on Bitcoin maximalism. And uh, I found that to be fascinating. But um, right before we get into uh, the, the, the maxi question here, there was some pushback on the idea of Roger Veer creating. And, and again, you, you address this and you, you, you sort of shoehorn in Vinny Lingham going, look, Roger Veer did not create Bitcoin Cash. <laughs> so I thought that was good uh, to create the record, uh, to correct the record rather. But um, was there any thought to delving sort of a deeper cut or would this just have been a, a 25 hour documentary had you with regard to getting say people like uh, Amarisa Shea or John O'Fuqual yeah. um, into... Yeah, so definitely, sorry to cut you off there. Sorry. Not at all. Um, um, for sure. I mean, look, I, I've actually done quite a number of um, interviews um, from the technical community as well. And, you know, what, what ends up happening is I talked to someone for two hours and um, 17 seconds ends up in the final cut, right? Because there's right. a feature documentary there and, and it's fast paced and I have to cover a lot of ground. And it, typically the technical people aren't as... Um, uh, you know, punchy on camera and a bit more difficult. And, and, and to be honest, um, I think I cover this whole debate longer than maybe it should have been. And then adding even more people uh, would have been uh, just a different film, so to speak. And you're absolutely right. Uh, just to make sure we're factually correct, uh, it, it is very clear. Roger did not create it. Roger knew about it only two weeks before it happened or whatever that quote is. So, so we, we have to make sure it's accurate, but also, you know, as a storyteller, I can't, you know, in real time tell that story, what happened over those six months, that, that would be a different film. And also a film that maybe... Uh, not have the mass appeal, right? At the moment, we are going, uh, well, we started to do the cinema tour. Now we're doing pay-per-view uh, globally. We are on film festivals. We're Academy um, uh, qualified. So this is a film for, for the mass market and you can't dig into technical details or to everyone involved in a, in a certain project, right? Yeah, I'm, I, you know, I, I, it's a fantastic answer. And I think I just had to make sure I got it in there as far as a question goes for, for my guys. Uh, in terms of red meat, but um, 
Yeah, yeah, that that makes perfect sense. And you know, Veer, for all intents and purposes, has become uh, the Bitcoin Cash guy. So uh, I think it it only makes sense. And and as you say, you at least allude to a deeper, you know, foreground there. So um, yeah. that and and of and of course we know right that that it's almost unfair to um, characterize Charlie is the Litecoin guy and Vitalik is the right. Ethereum guy right um, um, it's unfair but I mean they are the figureheads they are kind of the leaders or the the perceived leaders of the um, of these projects even though I mean these are decentralized projects right they are meant to not have leaders right. so it's a little bit tricky which I kind of um, um, talk about in the very end of the film as well. Yeah, and I'm I'm just as guilty of that when I write about Ethereum as uh, Vitalik is co-creator of Ethereum, and they, they're sort of interchangeable. But you know, if you think about the vastness of Ethereum, and there's one dude, you know, controlling creating that, just a ridiculous assertion. But again, it's a shorthand, and you have to use it to kind of move the story along. <laughs> so that makes uh, makes perfect sense. But uh, and also the, remember, some yeah. some people in the audience, they might be an accountant or an IT guy who is, has no idea about this whole space, right? So I'm I'm um, on in the top of the funnel basically, right? So people who've always heard about Bitcoin or crypto or blockchain and but still haven't gotten it, they start to watch a documentary first. So we have to kind of keep it keep it easy for them, but also have enough nuggets for the OGs and the the insiders in the film to make it interesting and you know to show some some people or to some some uh, places that make it interesting for you guys as well. And then once once people are kind of more interested, then they start listening to podcasts or buying books or buying cryptocurrency or using cryptocurrency, right? That comes later. Yeah, and I uh, like I say, I think you thread that needle better than I've ever seen it done. So, um, congratulations on on that. And I'm I'm, I'm dead serious. I, I wouldn't if I didn't believe it. I just wouldn't say anything about it. I'd just move on to another subject. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I really do think you you do a fantastic job with it. Um, and speaking of that, the whole Bitcoin maximalist thing, which is, I guess they couldn't exist when you first started. They they're 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 now a, a real force uh, within the space, and your treatment of them is is uh, is is sort of interesting in that um, they're they're a bit of an oddity. Can you? Uh, wh- why was that important to even mention? Because like I say, in, in most I, I I cannot think of a single documentary that's ever mentioned Bitcoin maximalism. So why why even bring up the subject? Yeah, look, um. Uh, I think one criticism that uh, that you could make um, about many of these projects is that they have these figureheads and they they're leaders, right? And we just talked about this. But with Bitcoin, they have like this fundamental uh, fundamentalist group that kind of um, uh, is is a bit wacko, right? Because they say everything other than BTC is a scam, which is you know a ridiculous mm-hmm. statement. And I have um, maybe one or two voices um, um, saying, well, the Bitcoin maximalists are kind of not allowing any innovation, and and you know there there are legit projects. And and my personal opinion is. Um, I think the, the quote is right. It's it's kind of like um, 
um, the, the discussion about public blockchains and private blockchains. Why not let a bank or Walmart run their own chains? Let them. I mean, why why must everything be uh, BTC? And that, that's kind of the uh, the the attack on them or the joke on them. And and um, you know we have a few <laughs> funny figures in, in in the in the film and a little bar scene where a bar fight scene, right? Where one guy uh, attacks the other and say, look, um, you're you're taking an idea that's much more powerful um, and, and you're just reducing it to that one use case, but there may, may be many, many more other use cases, which I think is, is, a, is spot on. I, I totally agree. And it's, um, it's such an interesting, I, I think where you, where you had my heart, where you got me is um, sort of in the, uh, the you know, obligatory explanation of what bitcoin is or how it operates and you you talk about checksums and i thought well there it is now now i'm in love with torsten he's he's officially <laughs> gone deeper than 99.9 percent of these silly documentaries um you know you again you're you're a literate filmmaker you do it well it's fast moving um it's exciting it's provocative and you're not a tourist, so you're you're not just someone who's doing a hit piece and then moving on. Uh, this is a follow up, and uh, it's it's well worth watching. Um, but beyond the peer to peer cash, Bitcoin maximalist sort of uh, uh, segments, and and you dedicate two to them um, total that are pretty substantive uh, relative to the rest of the documentary. Um, there's there's some I guess revelations. You've made some news in the sense of. Uh, uh, Wences, uh Casares and his um, his Zappo and and uh, the the gigantic I guess Faraday cage underneath a mountain. Um, how how on earth did you get exclusive access um, to that um, kind of Bitcoin Fort Knox? Yeah, I mean that that is a crazy story. Thanks for mentioning that. Um, so for for those who haven't seen seen the film, it's um, it's one of those scenes where people who are totally skeptical about um, uh, crypto and you know, have no interest or idea about it, they are impressed by the scene. And the, the total OGs who've been in the space for eight years, they're impressed by the scene too, because you know, we're the first camera crew to be allowed in it. So apparently this is where 10% of all um, Bitcoin private keys are stored. And, and the system that Zappo uses is they split um, the private keys up in, in five parts and then store on five continents and you need three out of five, right? And one of these locations is a former military um, uh, installation uh, bunker inside a mountain. Um, and um, that's where one fifth of those keys are. And they, they take us on an exclusive tour and it's just crazy, all these security features. And it was like a little uh, James Bond <laughs> uh, sequence, uh, those five minutes or four minutes or whatever it is. It's awesome. And it's, I've seen pictures of it, uh, stills of it, but never, never a video crew going down there and looking at the servers. And, and there's even, I guess, a story there about uh, you finally get all the way down there and they won't let you go uh, too much further and uh, you get inside of the mountain. It's, it's, it's great stuff, man. It's, it, it really is cool and uh, a lot of fun to watch and it's well worth uh, uh, the money and, and what a perfect time to have it out um, in kind of a ghoulish way uh, with uh, a worldwide lockdown. People are, are looking for good things to stream and, and uh, if you're a, 
cryptocurrency. Yeah. And, and by the way, yeah. one thing I will say about the Bitcoin Cash community is um, I've been rightly attacked um, saying, oh, you make a film about cryptocurrency, but you don't accept right. you I was know, gonna the, get there, I think. Huh? Uh, okay, you, you are, so I think that's a total, totally fair criticism. I mean, the reason is um, I have to geofence a few territories because of film festivals, and those film festivals qualify for the Academy Awards, which is a big deal. Um, and maybe later this year, I, I can start you know, accepting crypto. But anyway, I've had a number of fans reach out to me, especially Bitcoin Cash people, and say, uh, look, can we just you know, buy 10 tickets and then we distribute it among ourselves? And, and Bitcoin Cash has been uh, clearly much more active in, in, in that space. And um, I'm always happy you know, on Twitter or something to, to do something outside the normal regular order process. <laughs> I, I watched you do it. I, I watched you online and on Twitter do it. Um, I sort of uh, cringed a little bit when one of my guys said, but you know, again, this is, this is part of our makeup. We're the, yeah, we're the guy at the, uh, at the sushi bar where you're sitting there just having a nice time. And we, we chat up the waitress and go, Hey, you ever thought about taking, and you look at me like, Jesus, can you just for one second, let it go. Uh, we're, we're, we're that guy. So when they did it with you on Twitter, I was like, oh, man. But you were so nice. You were like, yeah, hey, yeah, that's a good point. Let's look into this. Let's, uh, let's make this happen. And, um, again, it just goes to all, all the needles you're trying to thread here, and it's very easy from the outside to, to be a critic and, and uh, chip away at things. But I think taking a Cryptopia and uh, really your, your body of work as a whole um, shows that you're, you're – you're well worth grappling with there. Um, well, I, I think that's a, that's a nice place to end it. And, and thank you for, I didn't have to bring it up. You brought it up. Um, that is the Bitcoin cash community. They're, they're generous beyond a fault and they will, they will try to make this work. Um, and hopefully we can get, uh, we can get that moving on the, um, on the documentary front and, and get you even uh, more funding there. Um, but going forward, how do people find Cryptopia? How do they keep track of your work um, and all things uh, Torsten Hoffman? Yeah, well, thanks. Um, so thanks again for letting me on your show. Um, and maybe just one comment. So it's it looks like it's all my film because my face is on it, my name is on it. But obviously, there's a big team behind it, my co-director and, and executive producers and animators and film crews all over the world. Um, so it's, it's a big project. And if you remember the the end credits, it's you know hundreds of names, including Kickstarter supporters, obviously. Right. Um, uh, so that that's one thing that I, I did want to mention. And then uh, the next step, you know, is um, actually making more versions of the film. So uh, one will be a Latin American Spanish version. We're working on Slovenian, French, um, uh, hold on, I'm forgetting one large language. Um, but the Chinese version and the Indonesian version might be a little bit different from this one. And there'll be a big German television version, which will be shorter and maybe less technical. So yeah, this, this film will travel. My, my first film, Bitcoin, The End of Money, as we know, it reached a couple million people, this might reach a couple tens of millions of people. So yeah, it will be big. And um, at the moment, um, if you're interested in it, um, so go directly to the source, cut out the middleman, go to uh, cryptopiafilm.com. It's $5 or so. Uh, and like I said, um, if you get a hold of me, I'm happy to accept crypto at the moment um, until I can do it officially later this year. Awesome. And hopefully in the next uh, five years, it's a, it's a Torsten Hoffman uh, and a team production about uh, using cryptocurrency for flights and accommodations yeah. <laughs> flying around the world yeah. and all that good stuff. But uh, until then, uh, we are rooting for you. Uh, fantastic. Get out, um, spend the five bucks to watch Cryptopia. It is well worth your time. 
Uh, thanks again, Torsten, so much for coming on. Thank you. you gotta keep it spicy.